and welcome to another episode of Talk Like a Fan. And I just wanted to say hola and obrigado to all my Portuguese fans that are listening. I see you and I know you listen and I'm really, really happy that you're joining me and listening to my show. My guest today is Caitlin Wood. Hey, Caitlin, how are you? Hi, I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, yeah, really well. And for the listeners that haven't had a chance to listen to Caitlin's episode, she was episode two of the interview series. You should go and check it out. It's a really interesting interview and I'm so glad that you're joining me today. <laughs> yeah, me too. It's it's great to be able to catch up. Yeah, definitely. Now, and I'm also really happy because you are actually a racer and a driver and you might actually shed some light on things that I don't know about and maybe give me, you know, a little bit of credit. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I, I guess so. It's it's always a different perspective, either watching a Grand Prix or watching racing when you race yourself in comparison to, I guess, just being a motorsport fan. I think sometimes we can relate a bit more to some drivers when things go wrong or when things go great uh, or when there's accidents, we'll probably see it in a different perspective to some other people. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, I mean, it wasn't the most of exciting races. So we're at the Portuguese Grand Prix today. It wasn't the most exciting, but, I mean, great start, great end. Um, any thoughts? Yeah, that was that was literally my opinion. Great start, great ending, and a bit bland in the middle, wasn't it? It was, it was, a, it was a bit <laughs> like that. Um, you know, the start was really interesting. It was good to see Bottas, you know, take take first position and hold it well I think he just got a bit unlucky with the with the safety car obviously Kimmy's front wing how he touched his teammate I don't I don't understand what Kimmy was thinking I, I the commentators were like you know he's the most experienced driver on the grid and it just looked like such a rookie <laughs> rookie <never laughs> him. but uh you know I'm sure he'll have something exciting to say about it um, but no, yeah, yeah, like you said, it was uh, it was interesting uh, at the beginning and end, but um, it did just get a little bit boring in the middle there. It's funny that you say that like it was a bit of a rookie era, but I always laugh um, on Drive to Survive when Kimi Raikkonen was like, "Well, it's more of a hobby for me." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't take it that seriously anyway. <laughs> yeah, literally, he's he's such a character, even though he tries so hard not to have any sort of emotion in interviews. I know. And it's so funny because it's actually weirdly worked. I mean, we're going a little bit off topic of the race, but it's weirdly like worked in reverse that he's he's made a character of himself and that like people are like pushing him to the limit just to get a really like dry response. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It, it's worked very much in his favor in the long run. Yeah, it really has. Anyway, back to the race. So we had a yellow flag, which I secretly love yellow flags because I always think it's like the chance to start again. And I love seeing how, how the drivers get so competitive and it's almost like another race start, right? Yeah, pretty much. You're, you're right. You, you get a little bit of time to reset, you know, if you've moved up a few positions or if you've fallen back a few positions. Yeah, it's sort of like everyone gets to close up and, and have another go at it to to um to see if you can maximize on on the restart and um no I, I think Bottas did really well he he sort of tricked Hamilton on the restart to pretend he was going uh, and Hamilton thought he was going but then he didn't and then he got a bit of a jump so that was good to see that Bottas sort of out tricked Hamilton in in that scenario um but yeah it and then, you know, he, he made a good restart and Max was able to maximize on 
on Hamilton at, at that point. But uh, after yeah. Hamilton got into a rhythm, it was sort of just his race. It's so funny because, you know, there's always the arguments thrown around that Hamilton is a good driver because of his car. But I think when you see what Hamilton did today, you just think, oh, you know, that is why he is a seven-time world champion because he really can drive. And I'm, I was watching it with my housemates and one of them said, oh, where did that speed come from? And I said, well, he's Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> Like, are you joking? <laughs> it, it is a bit like that. So it's it's quite interesting. Uh, you know, I would like to be in, in the debrief uh, tonight or whenever they do it to to sort of understand what realistically happened to him at the start because usually he's he's very good off, off the line and, and very good the first few laps. But I feel like recently that seems to have been his – his weakness at the minute is is the first few laps of the race, and sometimes it's it's the most important part of the race to get the right track position. Mm, yeah, definitely. And it's funny because I Christian Horner just prior to the race was saying how bad of a weekend Hamilton had been having. He'd been uh, Verstappen and Bottas had, were proving that they were the ones to beat mm. all weekend, and then out of nowhere, once again, Hamilton <laughs> brings it home. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, it, it's, it, it is really good to see Red Bull take that next step and Max be able to at least push Mercedes a little bit, uh, especially with Sergio. I think Sergio did a really good job today. Uh, you know, yeah. the strategy worked, but it was a hard strategy to be able to pull off. And when when I say uh, the strategy, the, the long use of one set of tyres, because you get tire degradation over the course of you know a race the longer you have the tires mm. on the less grip that you have and being able to drive around that is really really hard so any driver that does a really long stint on one set of tires you know you sort of take your hats off to them because it's it's a very very hard thing to be able to do and i think sergio maximized that as best he could to try and help red bull push mercedes but in the end, he sort of just just missed the podium position. Yeah, what did he end up doing? Like forty five laps on medium tires or something like that. Yeah, it was, it was something like that, which is a really really long stint, especially around a circuit like Portimao, where it is like the undulation. So you've got you know quite um, it's quite heavy yeah. on the steering and and on the tires. So it was um, impressive. Yeah, I was really impressed. And I think um, obviously Ricardo was going, I think McLaren had thought kind of a similar way because I think he ended up pitting quite late into, I can't remember how many laps he ended up doing, but same on a medium tire and he was running fifth at that point. Um, yeah, I thought, oh gosh, they're going to keep him out there as long as they can. Yeah, yeah, that was, I, I was obviously rooting for Danny Rick at that point because uh, he was, you know, holding his position quite well. But then McLaren sort of, they didn't have the greatest pit stop, uh, unfortunately. So he lost a few seconds there. So when he came back out after the pit stop, he he came back out just outside the points. And so, you know, I think he recovered really well in comparison to where he qualified. Obviously, he had a really poor yeah. qualifying. I think it was 16th, wasn't it? So, you know, I think yeah. to finish inside the points is a good recovery. Uh, but you could definitely tell McLaren and, and him himself wanted more out of that race. Yeah, and it's interesting because um, this is the second time that I think he's kind of been it, last race. Imola, he had a, he had really bad pit stop, and I'm I'm shocked not more people are talking about it. To be honest, because that was a really bad pit stop. And then this time again, I felt so disappointed for him. Um, you mentioned that in qualifying he finished 16th. I was watching qualifying, and I've never 
seen him end so badly I don't think I've never seen him go out in Q1 ever I mean not from memory anyway but yeah it was really disappointing but I agree with you that he made up so much time and you know I I know you obviously feel the same as an Australian but you're always like rooting for the Aussie (laughs) to do really well (laughs) absolutely would you say he's your driver would you say is it just an Australian thing like do you have a driver in F1 that you follow and support well yeah I think we we have that culture don't you Aussies support Aussies Mm. and it's just like a you know (laughs) um he I would say yes he is my driver he um is somebody that I would probably look up to as a driver and just his personality I I really respect and admire the way he represents Australia because I think he does a very, very good job at it. And, you know, been in a position that the drivers are in where they can, you know, ultimately they are representing their countries and they're representing motorsport and representing themselves. And I just think he does a very, very good job at it. And I admire that. So, um, yeah, I've always followed Aussies. Growing up, Mark Webber was sort of my idol. Um, and some, yeah. you know, when, when I was staying up late watching Grand Prix, it was, you know, purely to see how Mark went. Uh, and, and I think that sort of just, <laughs> you'll just follow that. Uh, I feel like you, you get that pride when you, when you follow a sports person from your country, you're rooting for them because you feel like you can, like, you know them that little bit better. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. It's I think it's you'd almost like be kicked out of the country if you didn't support, you know, your fellow Australian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's against the rules, right? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and I just wanted to um talk about his teammate Lando as well, who again did really really well. I mean, Lando is just doing so well and I I was saying that I think I need to almost make a a show called Everybody Loves Lando because you just hear the commentators talk about him and they talk about him with such admiration. But he's just proving that he's really quite a good driver. Yeah, absolutely. I think he's taken the next step he needed to. Uh, in his you know in his growth and career and he's he's proving to his team um, to other drivers and essentially to the world that you know he deserves to be there he's doing all the right things and he's getting the results for his team which in turn that's what it's all about isn't it it's getting those results it's getting the points for the championship and and trying to help better your team to be able to then fight for more podiums and more wins yeah, definitely. And I think it's nice that McLaren are obviously still up there and like they're, I think they're third in the championship at the moment. But yeah, what yeah. came as a real shock was Alpine. I don't know where they came from. I don't know where they brought that from, but both Alonso and Ocon had quite great races. Yeah, Ocon didn't have a great start, I don't think. When um no. at the beginning he dropped a few places, but you're right, they were able to come back at the end really, really strong. So, you know, that just goes to show that they have good race pace um they're able to maintain their tie as well and they you know they did good strategies so um they they were able to come back at the end really well and and I guess you just look at the progression of that team when obviously they were Renault last year it's still you know it's still the same team isn't it so I think the progression that obviously Danny Rick had with Ocon last year they did take such a big step last year to then be you know, one of those 
teams fighting for those last positions on the podium and fighting for those top fives and and it and it was good to see that they've been able to carry that momentum into this year and you know we've got the Spanish Grand Prix coming up next weekend so it'll be interesting to see how Alonso gets on there. Yeah, definitely. In his home country, I'm sure he'll be loving it. Yeah, um, sure they will be. <laughs> is there anything that's, I know we're in the, I always forget that we're only really three races in and there's so many more races to go, but is there anything that kind of shocked you in this race or anything that was a point of um, interest? Um, to be honest, it was a pretty textbook race. Like when Paul Zaresta was doing the interviews at, at the end and talking to Hamilton and everything, you know, he pretty much said it was a very good textbook race for, for Lewis. He, he, um, you know, he was able to pull it out of the bag when it mattered, which was, you know, um, which is the main thing. There wasn't necessarily anything in particular that stood out. It, it was actually really good to see Mick Schumacher fight with Williams with, um, yeah with Williams right at the end there and and be able to gain experience of fighting for positions in Formula One. Obviously, you know, Haas aren't in the strongest position at the minute with their budget and I guess their car, their cars, it's not competitive at the minute, but they're obviously working on that with the new rule changes for next year. So it was nice to see Mick be able to have a bit of a duel with another car and actually fight for position. Um, it would be nice to hopefully see their progression throughout the year to see if they can maybe fight for a point towards the end of the season or if that's just a bit far-fetched for them at the minute. It would just be interesting to see how Williams and all of those guys um, get on throughout the season. Yeah, I agree with you. And as you're talking about the duel, it was obviously between Latifi and it was even just nice to see Latifi. I think he overtook um, Russell at some point. He's like making strides in his career as well. I feel like he's improved a lot this season already. And I agree with you. It would be nice to kind of see those drivers coming up through the rest of the season and seeing what else they can do because you sometimes it's horrible but sometimes you do forget about the people at the back of the pack which is I mean it's it's naturally driven obviously by the media as well because like you're focusing on where the battles are and the battles are normally either up the front or in the midfield um but yeah I agree with you it's so good to see Mick um you know actually getting to not just drive but have some battles I really enjoyed that small small part of the race (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you're right. It, it is very hard when you are a rookie in Formula One and you are you are in, a, I guess, a back-running team. So it's been great to follow George Russell, for example, over the past few years yeah. and watch his progression and watch his growth and, and how much that not only, I guess, himself, but Williams have sort of grown grown with him. Like if you look at his qualifying yesterday to qualify P11, it's – really quite impressive from where they were even, you know, a year or 18 months ago. So that that's really, really cool to see. They obviously didn't have the race pace um, in comparison to their one lap pace, for example, for qualifying. So that were, you know, they dropped drop down the positions. But I think uh, we will hopefully see throughout the season some circuits will obviously favor them over others yeah yeah that's so true now just before we wrap up um they obviously everyone's talking about the challenge of the championship between Hamilton and Verstappen um kind of negating what Bottas can do do you think Bottas could also be in with a chance I would love for Bottas to be in for a chance I'm like a 
like a not a secret like I just I just want Bottas to be able to just like break through that barrier that we can all sort of just see that he's stuck in you know like I th- it must be so hard to have Lewis as a teammate like it must just be the hardest job in Formula One yeah. really. you know you've, you've you're up against someone who's just broken Michael Schumacher's record and you have to go out every weekend and try and better that and it, it obviously is just bloody hard so I you know I would love to see Bottas sort of um break through that next barrier that I think he's fighting at the minute. He did really great yesterday in qualifying to obviously, you know, nip that pole position from Hamilton. And to be honest, he did a great race start. He did everything right on the restart after the safety car today. Uh, it was just unfortunate that they he just didn't seem to have that race pace that Lewis had uh, throughout the duration of the, of the full race. So, if they can sort that out, I think it would be an interesting battle. It would be good for the fans anyway to see a bit of a Nico Hamilton uh, battle that we saw a few years back with Rosberg and Hamilton. I know yeah. they those two didn't particularly like the battle, but it was good for the fans anyway. <laughs> and I think I think Valtteri's getting like really hungry for it now, like more than ever. I feel like he's he gets overlooked. Absolutely. I agree with you. And like people don't take him as a real threat. Like even the fact that they're talking about that it's a Verstappen Hamilton championship. It's like, well, wait a second, (laughs) you know, he's in it as well. He definitely is in with a chance. And I think it's like almost, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Anyway, let's see, he might um, swoop in and and just nip it. We don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah, I I hope so. I hope that, you know, at least, it is good to see Verstappen and Bottas and Hamilton sort of in a three-way duel at the minute. It would be really, really great season to actually see that follow through for the, for the whole season. If we're able to each race, we can not really know who's going to perform uh, that weekend. Would, you know, it always makes for an exciting season. So, yeah, it, it will be interesting. And I have my fingers crossed for both Max and Bottas because – I, I think it would be great if they can really give Lewis a run for his money. And I think they will. And I think that's the most exciting thing about this season, and we haven't seen it in a long time, that that there is actually real challenge against Hamilton for the championship. And, I mean, this is just this season. So, like, this is already exciting, but I can't wait for next season even. I know this season's only three races in, but I'm so excited to see once the rules change and everything next year um, how that's going to affect everything. So I think if Bottas, you know, kind of keeps his head down and lines everything up, you never know. You know. Yeah, uh, no, absolutely. I agree. I am very, very interested to see what happens next year with all the new regulations coming in. Like, I think, well, I don't know, I could be completely wrong, but I I think you'll see, uh, you know, a few of the veterans like Vettel and that sort of make a bit of a comeback because it, you know, those rules, I think will sort of favor the, those sorts of drivers. Oh, that's exciting. I hadn't actually thought about that. So I'm really intrigued that you've said that. I, I'm now kind of really excited because it's funny. I was just talking to my dad this morning and I was like, no, Vettel's never coming back. Don't get too excited. You know, it's out of his reach now. But I mean, having you having said that now, I'm like, oh, actually, I hadn't even really thought about that. That's actually a really good observation. Yeah, yeah. No, I I actually really like Vettel. I think he's um a very 
He just have has a really nice personality. Obviously, I haven't yeah. met him or anything like that. But when you when you watch him on camera and his interviews, he always has a bit of a laugh. And I think we can all, always relate to that sort of personality. But he's he's obviously struggled. There's no doubt about that. Recently, in the past, you know, two years, so to speak, he hasn't had the greatest time, uh, and his separation with Ferrari wasn't really the the nicest way to go out I think for either of them so you know I think the move to Aston was smart and it's sort of given him a new beginning and I think the new rules for next year will hopefully give him that little bit extra that he needs but I could be also completely wrong so (laughs) we'll find out in a year's time You know you're on my show, though, don't you? So it's like you can be wrong on this show. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That's good. (laughs) Now, do you have any predictions for Spain? I think it would be very similar to this weekend. I think we will see, obviously, Max do well. Hamilton will obviously be on the podium somewhere it would be really interesting to see Sergio sort of push push that mm. and, and make it a bit exciting. Obviously, either push Max, push, push Bottas or push Hamilton. But I, I definitely think it's a Red Bull versus Mercedes uh, type of weekend. And it'll be just interesting to see the midfield battles, I guess. Yeah. And do you think, you know, we were talking about Daniel Ricciardo just quickly. Do you think, obviously he's saying that he's going to be a few races before he fully feels comfortable in the car. Yeah. Do you think we're going to see him on a podium anytime soon? Yeah, I do. I do. Because if you, you got to look at how much Lando has just progressed from, you know, the, the past, I guess, 18 months, and especially from last season into this season. So mm-hmm. I think the car is there and it's just, you know, Daniel getting used to the team, the car, it just those little differences that as a driver, it genuinely does just take a few, like it just takes laps. The, you know, you can't sort of bypass that time. That time needs to be used to get the experience and to get comfortable. And, it, and it's not just getting comfortable, it's getting like completely and utterly confident with like with what's underneath you. Because if you don't have that confidence with the car underneath you, you know, that last tenth or two is extremely hard to find. Um, so, you know, I think, um, by mid season, we should see Daniel start to flourish. It's, it's the exact same when he moved to Renault. Unfortunately, his first year with Renault wasn't, um, wasn't very successful with a lot of mechanical issues, but, um, you know, I think he's in a good environment and I, and I think him and Lando will just sort of push each other to keep moving forward. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I When I knew you were coming on the show this week, I was like, maybe it's a good omen. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> maybe we'll be talking about Daniel's podium, two Aussies reviewing an Aussie on the podium. Yeah, that, I don't know. that would I just be nice. Like, that would be really cool. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm going to put it out there. <laughs> well, Caitlin, thanks so much for joining me. Um, it's always a joy having you on the show. You're such a great burst of energy and Thanks for giving such great insights. Oh, well, thanks for having me. I always, always enjoy talking things motorsport and Formula One. Yeah, not, I mean, me too, but you're so much better at it than me. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. Well, thanks so much. No problem. See you soon.